Welcome back to Aldi's Mummy and Me series podcast. Today I'm chatting with broadcaster and comedian Jennifer Zamparelli. You'll know her from Bridget Naiman, Republic of Telly, Dancing with the Stars, to name but a few, and her weekly morning show on 2FM. Off air, she's an advocate for good hair mm-hmm, and sustainability and a devoted mum to Florence and Enzo. Welcome, Jennifer. All of that is questionable. Really, okay, oh, really? Is it? I mean, broadcaster sounds so serious, doesn't it? Are Florence and Enzo yours? <laughs> I think so. Are you saying all of it is questionable? I, I, all of it. Uh, no, the children are definitely mine. Okay, good. And the other stuff. Why? What else are you? I that's know. what you are. I know, but when people say broadcaster, you think of Pat Kenny, you think of Claire Byrne. And like, but you have to be... Oh, a bit, it's a bit serious, serious, isn't it? I mean, today on the show, we had a cat who sounded like they had a Northern Irish accent and I play that like 75 times on the show. So um, I'm obsessed. I feel like <laughs> I, I have need to, to send it to you. To I have to send it to you. It's the funniest <laughs> thing ever. But uh, no, I, I suppose I am. I've been doing it three years now. So yeah, you fine. are. Carry on. This reminds me of when I could never say I was an, an actress. It's weird, isn't it? It took me about 15 years, but yeah. now I just say it because I'm too tired to think of another answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, but I used to, I used to be like, oh God, what does it, ooh. anyway, you are, that's just, this is what you are. Okay. Is it, this is a therapy session. I feel like. Okay. Yeah. This I've, is Jennifer. You need to own this. Okay. You need to own this. Okay. I do have to apologize. I feel like my voice sounds. I don't, I'm not going to apologize for my voice sounding quite, quite sexy. It's, I'm just going to say it. It's, it's yeah. good. It's good. I, I feel like I need to just shout th- at all weekend before I record this and then just sound really, I don't know, like cool. But anyway, uh, Jennifer, you are so welcome to our podcast. Before we start, I yeah. wanted to read out <laughs> some messages that I got. We had a bit of a dog gate in our house where. And my husband picked up the wrong dog from the groomers. I Thank you say, for that, by the way. The nation really <laughs> enjoyed that because I walked into my studio. It was all people were talking about. It was the funniest. And then I was on, I went to see my mom yeah. and my mom was like, how did he do that? That's impossible. I was like, no, no, it's pretty, you yeah. know, it's it's possible. It's you my fault. Do you know who's really enjoying it? Brian. Really? Not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, this is what I will be known for. Like, I won't, I won't have Captain Darling. I won't, I won't have done Captain the Grand Slam. It's going to be the dark eight, as I can think so. So how? How? But it was it was my fault, right? Well, it wasn't. Actually, no, it's not, it's his fault. I'm not going to... It was a share... It, we, we're going to go shared blame in this. But what I will say is, is that the pictures that were online, the dogs look nothing alike. However, in re- real life, the, do- the dog looked the same shape and size to the, to, the, to, to the point where I was following the dog around the garden going, baby. Um, and then my mum came and wasn't sure either. was like, I don't think that's your dog. So it wasn't a definitive, like, this is not. But it's just the fact that that poor dog had to come home. And Brian had said it kind of gave a little yelp in the back seat. And he was like, God, that doesn't sound like our dog. Maybe she has a sore throat, which I, I, I that's my favourite bit. <laughs> Maybe she has a sore throat. Anyway, uh, I, I was meant to pick up the dog and I texted him. He was coming from a work thing in Limerick and I was like, can you swing by and collect Phoebe? I've just, I'm doing all the kids stuff. Can, and he was like, yeah, no problem. He goes, if I'm stuck, I said, I'll go out, but just let me know. So he was like, I just, I'm really pushed for time because I, I have a Zoom at half five. I was like, no, no bother. So it was just, what was made it really frenzied is he arrived and was like, I was on the phone trying to cook dinner and he was like, is this, is this the dog? Is this Phoebe? And I was like, I'm not 100% sure. And he goes, but because if it's not, I need to give her it back. <laughs> So it's like, I, d- I can't, we can't kidnap her. And, but also she was a better behaved dog. So we we're like, could, but could we? Um, and it was the girl's first day, you know, so it was just, a, it there was just go. very frenzied. There's, it was very frenzied. There's the blame. We can't blame them. They felt really bad. But I was like, you have to. Light shit happens though. <laughs> I, I won't. I will. 
No, they felt awful. I was like, I'm only laughing at this. This is very funny. Um, then Brian met the owner of the other dog and everyone's laughing. Nobody was hurt. Nobody that was dog hurt. Got the to dogs go. are fine. Yeah, the dogs are fine. But anyway, I this this started off, loads of people were messaging me about when things, when people kind of get confused and, and pick up the wrong thing. So loads of mothers had texted me and this is not that we're giving out about the men because there was so many. We'll do that the next podcast about mothers with baby brain and the things they do. But this just so happens to be a lot of men. <laughs> Doing stupid things. Doing, the, or just not knowing and just going, oh God, what's happening? Um, let me just see. Uh, so this was mostly new mums who had had babies. You do the first baby when you don't really know what's happening and they'd ask their other half to bring in something and they kind of, <laughs> they just didn't bring in the right thing. This is from a lady in the country somewhere. Um, asked my husband for some extra clothes due to unforeseen extended stay. He brought in thongs after I birthed a nine pound baby and had a second degree tear and piles like a bunch of grapes. Wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> After my second child, I asked my ex-husband, oh, ex-husband, oh, Jesus, okay, uh, to bring me in my going home bag. He came to hospital totally hungover and without my bag. He went to shops to get me clothes and came back with size eight skinny jeans. <laughs> and a nice top. <laughs> oh, God. Wouldn't go past my ankle. Asked my husband to bring me some maternity pads and massive knickers into the hospital after emergency arrival of my twins via C-section. He arrived back with Bridget Jones style spanks ow mm-hmm. and breast pads on the same visit. I needed clothes to go home in. He arrived with a grey bodycon dress. <laughs> a bodycon dress. That's the best. That's like very early 2000s. Yeah. I hadn't worn in years. He used to say I left Hollow Street in my pyjamas. Sent my husband to get me nipple shields when I was in hospital after having baby and struggling to breastfeed. Midwife snorted laughing and said she just had another dad mortified because he went into a pharmacy and asked for nipple cups. Ouch. Ouch. Too soon as well. Far too soon. Oh my God, too soon. At least wait till you stop breastfeeding. Oh my days. For the clamps. As I bounced up and down on a birthing ball in the height of labour, my husband took a photo of the top of my head, showed me the photo and told me I really needed to get my hair <laughs> At least he's being honest. You need. You do you need, need honesty. honesty. You okay. do. One or two more. One or two more. Go and then on. we'll get back. Okay, Go these on. are very funny. When I was pregnant with my first baby, my friend asked my husband what he was getting me as a push present. He replied, "We're good on that front." <laughs> this is so good. We're good on that front. My folks have sorted that out for us. My friend said, "Your parents got the bush push present for your wife." No, that's just weird. My husband looked so confused. He thought you meant the buggy. Okay. A push present. That would be not a great push present. No. Um, This is the best. Go on. No, this is the best. Imagine you're giving birth. Okay. Uh, When I was in labour, I grasped my husband's hand, but hadn't realised I held his hand in the way you do thumb wars. He held my thumb down and said, I win. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I mean, that we is not so, to be dealing with, you know. But also, I kind of feel like they're going, I don't know how to help. That's probably not a way to help. <laughs> yeah. You win this, you win this. Anyway, that is a massive long preamble. But you're so welcome. 20 minutes later. <laughs> it's great to be here. So as we start, um, and listen, you've just come off air. And one yeah. thing I wanted to ask you, because I think you are fabulous for just being on air all the time. Like I come in and record these like it's every few weeks. It's exhausting. What do you do if you've had a shocker? A shocker, like a shocker in your like life. Yeah, you haven't slept. Someone's crying when they leave the house. Are you good at going? Yeah, I'm here. This is what I do, and park that because that's hard when life is so crazy. 
there has been moments, the epic moments where I've had to park it. Like yeah. I remember being on Dancing on a Sunday night and I was just about to walk down the stairs. I was old enough. I was ready to go. It was seven minutes to live and I got a video from a new minder of my kid. And I thought, oh, this is cute. He's no, 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 no. wishing me good luck. And it was him with a bloody mouth and her in the background going, he's fine. He's okay. He just lost a tooth. So he was running around my kitchen with his socks on, smashed his face on the floor, lost his tooth, still has no tooth. He looks like a pirate, but he's very cute and we're used to when it are, How old is he now? When is his... He's four now. So another year and a half, maybe, does he? Maybe. Um, look, we don't know if it's going to grow back. We don't know the with damage. The tooth, okay, okay. We don't know the damage. But it was just before I was about to go, go in air. I remember walking into the makeup room to Paula Callan and going, I just want to be home and I want to be there. And it was very, very stressful. Um, but I had to kind of just put it to the back of my head, trust that he was in good hands. And was Paula raging if you ruined the makeup? She went bananas. I feel so bad for you. Stop crying. And it was the first time I was actually pulled over by the guards because I was racing home. And I was going down to Martin. amazing though, I'd say. <laughs> I looked phenomenal. I had a foot unreal. cramp because I was in those heels. And I was going so fast because I was dying to get home and I was uh, way over the speed limit. Got pulled in by the guards and I pulled every card I could, like rolling down the window. When I'm, I'm a broadcaster. Yeah, I'm a broadcaster. Did you have free tickets next week? He was like, no, you're going like 120. And this is very, very fat and you shouldn't have been. And You probably got home and your little fellow was asleep. No, it was really annoying because then I had... I couldn't, I had to drive around and find a cash point to pay said sitter that, you know, and it was very stressful. And look, these things happen. (laughs) They they absolutely (laughs) happen. But I think it's amazing that you, you see, I I rarely have to do that, right? Unless you're, I guess, doing a live thing. So Mm. I do have that fear, you know, if you do. That is a massive problem. But it terrifies me so much if I ever have to do the late late or anything. I'm overwhelmed for like 48 hours going, what if I get a... What if I get food poisoning? Yeah. <laughs> that, just, that consumes me. Yeah. I'm like checking the dates on everything because like that can't happen on live TV. Nothing like that. I mean, that situation I went on air and there's been situations on radio, but then I, I kind of learned from that. I mean, the TV thing, I couldn't. Like I couldn't well, let the really show down. That's really stressful. But then in lockdown, I remember... I had I had COVID. It wasn't locked in, sorry. I had COVID and I was like, I can work from home and mind children. And be really unwell. I can be really unwell and mind <laughs> children and do a radio show. I can do it all. And <laughs> the universe went, no, you fucking can't. No. Because while I was trying to sort out the desk and the technology aspect of doing the show from home, my son caught his finger in the door and nearly, like, he's not having a great time with me I as mean, a parent feel, at the moment. Yeah, he's been through Don't a call Tusla at the moment. <laughs> like, everything is fine. Please don't. And, and I just called my producer. It was two minutes there. I was like, I can't. Get someone to stand in. I, I just cannot go on air. So I think I learned my lesson from from the TV thing but that's when I went But I'm sure that was okay and somebody did stand in Somebody was there to stand in fortunately um, and then you just you just make that decision in that in that moment you know what's more important now it's like oh I just need to be with him and then that was it Yeah and it's well hopefully like those those situations aren't going to happen that often and, I hope not and, But like um, <laughs> I hope not They're awful <laughs> 
They're so <laughs> stressful. running around the place in his socks. I and know. I know what they do and they bash their heads. But that's hard when you can't, when you can hear it and you're there. That's That would have been impossible for you to be able to go on air after that. Yeah. Like actually yeah. impossible. That's really stressful. So were you, during lockdown, were you... Were you broadcasting from your house all the time? I was broadcasting from the house. Yeah, luckily Lau was there as well. So he was kind of taking care of the kids. But it was funny because we were all at home. So that was different. So any interviews I was doing or chatting to anybody, there was kids in the background and dogs barking and noises happening everywhere. So we were all kind of in the same boat. You know, which I was did nice. Find, but Brian did that a little bit with the Six Nations stuff. He, and it, 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 I don't know why he ended up in our kids' bedroom, but there was like bunk beds and like, I don't know, Spider-Man doorknobs when he was on ITV for the rugby. And there was all, he was overwhelmed with the amount of gear. It did it did look a bit nuts, but I did feel that he was like, just, can you try to keep everybody quiet? Because we weren't used to it. It was like there was a dog and the three kids. And, you know, you do want to kind of, you know, come in and go, did you put the red sock in the white one? I, I But I didn't, I, I <laughs> I didn't. I, I let him have his career. I feel like I've put, thrown him under the bus enough. You have. The dog. <laughs> um, so tell us, Jen, yeah. you're on You're on the road. You're like, you're touring around. We're, I'm shaking hands and kissing babies. I love, love it. You're kissing all the babies. Yeah, it's so good to get out of the studio. It's so good to get out of RTE because you can become quite insular when you're doing your show and it's just you and your team and in RTE. So it's great. We're out on the road. We're going to different counties, meeting the listeners and just having the absolute crack. I, I love it. I mean, that's where I really, um, I really enjoy the show. Um, so it's been great fun doing that and hopefully we'll, you know, <laughs> if there's a budget there, we can keep going. <laughs> on your holidays to Carlo. Keep going on my holidays, yeah. It's deadly. And we just go down for the night and meet everybody in the town and see what's going on. And, and I like talking to new Irish businesses and yeah. giving them a platform. Yeah, I love it. So that's been very, very rewarding. And I love, you know, going up to kids and going, hey, do you know who I am? And they go, no. Come <laughs> <laughs> okay, next person. Ah. It's great. Good for the ego. Just yeah. like, come on, guys. I think it's an interesting position to be in because you probably meet loads of like mums and parents and families. And like, do you find in a way that it's good that you come home and you're going, it gives you perspective on your on your own stuff? I feel very blessed because I'm, uh, I'm able to do with what I love and, you know, see the kids in the morning, seeing the kids yeah. in the afternoon. I, I don't know if I'd be, if I would be doing what I'm doing if I didn't ha- have that luxury, yeah. really. I mean, I've always wanted to have kids. I mean, I, I said recently on the show, I've been trying to get knocked up since I was 18. Wow. And yeah, I didn't care who it was. I wanted it. I just love the job. Get done. it done. But it didn't happen till I was a geriatric mom at, you know, 30, 33. Would you have liked to have had kids earlier? Yes, I would. Really? Yeah, I wanted a load of kids and I wanted a rake of kids. Um, and then I, those emails from the creches and schools that come in about Threadworm and Headlights put me off. So I'm like, two is fine. Two is grand. <laughs> Threadworm. I, I feel like Threadworm should not exist. Or lice. That's like some sort of like medieval. Nobody prepared you for that kind of stuff. It's... I would have had six kids and then I got those uh, notifications. You know, those notifications come. Just beware that, you know, keep an eye on your kid and look lice the, has been, into the... look into their hair or look in their arse. I mean, nobody told me parenting. You don't have to look into their arse. You have to look into their arse. I thought you had to look at what's in the You look in their poo and then you can also look into their rectum. If you haven't shone your phone light into the arse of your child... (laughs) In the middle of the night, you are not parenting. I mean, that is parenting. 
you know? I, I feel like I have so many questions, but has 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 it resulted in you finding out that they m- may have to? No, or? it's fine. It's fine because I'm the type of person, I'm not great with creepy crawlies. I'm not great with that kind of stuff. So I am honest. Like if I get a notification and I read it when I'm at home watching Netflix at like 10, 10 o'clock at night and I should have read it earlier and there's a notification that there's lice in the school like or whatever. I always everywhere though. I'm dragging the kids out of bed. They're yeah. getting combed through there and then. then I you have can't to boil deal. wash everything and like it's it's like there's a full system. Why? Like nobody tells you this stuff. Nobody no. tells you you have to be good. You have to be on top of this kind of stuff there's if you want to be lot. a parent. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Children are disgusting. Yeah, they're gross. So they're if so you're listening to this and you're pregnant that's wait what till it, you're 33 that is what is ahead of you you have to look forward to I mean and, and going home in a body con and I, I know it's, it's disgusting but anyway you sorry you want you want you always wanted kids yes. you wanted to be loads you wanted loads I wanted loads, yeah, because uh, I love kids. Obviously, I'm clearly not a very good parent, as we've learned but we're today. we're learning as we go. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it, it just happened later in life. And Leo was adamant that we would, that we'd only have two. Okay. So, and, and now I've come to terms with that, but I probably would have tried to sneak one in. <laughs> I know you've spoken about it before. I didn't expect to get so deep so early. I know you've spoken about, uh, before about something that I don't think anyone really discusses or knows a lot about, mm. even at, when you've had kids, about having a procedure done when you have your baby that you makes you not able to have any more Tubular kids. Tubular litigation? Tubular? Is that not what Tube, you sue? Tubes tied. You get your tubes tied, basically. But yeah, the, the first child was a, an emergency section. The second one... Uh, was a section as well. And literally, I had, I had such a bad pregnancy. I was so sick for the entire time on the two of them. I said to the surgeon, like, you know, while yeah. you're down there, uh, you may as well, yeah. you know, while you're down there. But I found, because I talk about it quite a lot on my radio show and uh, Cormac Battle, who's on the team, um, he's very openly said he's had the snip. But what I found quite odd was... If a guy is going to have a sip, there was lots of chats and kind of counselling and are you sure? But this was kind of thrown at me um, in my worst possible state. Yeah, I don't think uh, making a decision to have my tubes tied when I was, you know, so sick with the pregnancy was the right. It is was the right decision now in hindsight. But at the time... I had a lot of regrets about getting it done when I did, you know. And then there's, you know, there's a lot of side effects with having that done. Well, really bad periods for a start. Yeah, I didn't see, no, oh, I, don't, I don't think anybody w- says that to you then. Yeah, really bad. And I suppose the tubular, um, the, getting your tube side was in my head because it, it's very common in, in the States. And okay. my sister, you know, she was even older than me and she had her tube side. She's like, oh, it's so easy, just get it done. And I was kind of, you know what I mean? You're so, like, okay, and that's your family member. And that's your that. family member. and But I never... I I didn't think about it enough, you know, and it's unlike the SNP because it's not reversible. Yeah. Like it's a huge thing to have done. So that was that was difficult. That was really difficult. But like I said, I'm really happy with the two kids, yeah. you know, who's to say down the line that I won't foster or adopt or, yeah. you know, um, which might be an option. But my advice, if you are in a really difficult pregnancy or you're sick, don't be making any, you know, lifelong decisions. <laughs> that, but, but that is the thing. I think you're right in that. I feel as women, we've kind of we've done a lot, like a lot for with with having to, you know, get pregnant, carry the baby and everything. And I think it's really important to talk about that because I also think it's something that not many people know. And you might in the moment get, you know, well, do you want to get this done? And it'll make your life easier. But just to, 
you know, consider the, the It's just different to the SNP because yes. when men yes, have yes, the yes, SNP, yes. it's very easy to reverse. But when women have it done, it's not. Yeah. So if I wanted to go down the road of having another baby, we're talking about IVF and uh, procedures yes, okay, and there's okay. a there's a lot more involved. Yeah. I think people just need to be aware because it's such a, it's such a big decision. You know, it's such a big decision um, to make and don't make it when you're probably mentally unstable. <laughs> I'm feeling rotten. I'm going, I'm I can't. I'm hormonal. See, that's the thing. Yeah, well, I think yeah. that's really good advice. Yeah. And you have been through it just to say, what is the rush? Like, what is the rush? Yeah, and, no rush. And let the lads go. Let it. the lads do it. <laughs> going at lunchtime, they're out. They're I know, done. I know, easy I know. peasy. And it, and it is, were you talking about on your show recently that someone said it isn't reversible? But it is reversible. It is. No, it is. There you go. Then, then, then the lads, the lads go in and do it. Yeah. Um, are you a crier? Do you, when like they start school or, I don't know, maybe it's just an age thing as well that now I, I'm easier with that about the, about time moving on. I find that, used to find that really, really difficult where I wanted to, to keep them small and like that, like, you know, and actually, I think I had that from when they were very young. I remember my mum saying that child needs the next size up and the baby grow. <laughs> I was like, Never. like the, to- the toes curled up. Never. Like, but I, but it, they look so cute. No, I don't have that. Leo has that. Funny Does he? should say that. And I actually had to have a conversation with him uh, recently saying, stop saying to Florence that, oh, you miss that Florence, you miss that baby stage because then she started kind of talking in this baby voice because she was probably reverting going, oh, well, he prefers if I was younger. I'm seven now. <laughs> and I was like, you have to stop doing that because she thinks we only love her when she was three and cute and doing crazy stuff. And, and he's like, it's true. It's kind of true. <laughs> you know, you were just so good. Cuter. But I, I, I'm okay with it. I, I'm totally fine with it. And plus, I don't remember. I have such a bad memory like you know those parents who remember silly things like weight of their child when they were born and birthdays you know those ridiculous (laughs) their birthdays and what school they go to I forgot and which is their kid when you pick them up from school Jesus it's all ahead of you fussy parents all ahead of you (laughs) I never forget ringing the doctor for an appointment for Enzo Um, Enzo again this is awful he wasn't very well he has a problem with his chest um, coughing whatever inhaler job and and then the person, the receptionist asked me his date of birth and I totally blanked. I was like, oh, I've done that January. a few times. It's definitely January. <laughs> I said, let me call my husband. He'll definitely know and I'll call you back. <laughs> I just have these mental blocks with certain things and the weight of them. And I think I did too much partying in my 20s that I have these gaps in my memory. Um, so I started keeping a diary to help me with that because... Of the little a, things they do or just... Little things they do from now. Like I've started now because yeah, I've forgotten all the other shit. Yeah. Like when they first started to walk, I was like, did you start walking at one or eight? Like, I, I can't remember when... I remember when it happened, but I don't remember how old she was or yeah. any of that stuff. I the details. <laughs> it's in fairness, it's so busy when they're little that, and that's not the stuff that you do remember because, like, well, maybe you should. <laughs> their first episode. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to help you out here, but I'm exactly the same. <laughs> I remember if it happens, if it happens with something else. I write the stuff down now as well. I have a little yeah. um, book beside my bed that I write down the funny bits or just the bits that have like kind of gone, oh, that's really cute. Or the things in a, in a moment. Somebody actually gave me this advice and I'm going to try and remember to do it. <laughs> that write them a letter on their birthday, which is really cute. Yeah. So you like to write them a letter going, this is what you loved when you turned seven. This is the thing... Is the things that we did because I will not remember that. I don't remember what I don't remember what happened last week. So I think that's a really nice little time capsule because you can't like you're not going to remember everything or catalog everything. And you know, I my memory's not 
not great. So uh, uh, yeah, evidently mine isn't either. And that's why the diary is so helpful. I got another really good tip off someone in work who said when his daughter was born, he bought all the newspapers for that day, made a little scrapbook. So oh, this cute. is what happened. And I said, I hope you left out all the misery stuff. But this yeah. is what was happening on the day you were born. I thought that is so cute. Yeah. That is that is cute. Wasn't that like a card thing where you were born in a certain year? And then, oh, yeah, it's usually all the yeah. misery stuff. Yeah. So a bit of positivity. Cut out, cut out the misery. Could I thank misery? The misery. Yeah. And this is what happens. Stick it in. When you, when you, when well, you got to keep stuff like that. Yeah. Y- you do, because it, there's too much to remember. And I think we're busier now. Yeah. I think, you know, years ago, our mothers probably, uh, well, I know my mother, de- she didn't work and she predominantly was at home. And, you know, I just think there's so much in our brains yeah. now, so much to deal with when work and doing this and doing that and we're under so much pressure to be all things to everyone that those, I'm trying to give myself an excuse for being so forgetful I love it. With, I'll take uh, it as with well. certain things. So little diaries and things that matter to you, like who cares about birthdays? But when they did something really funny, like that's worth that's remembering. A, yeah, totally. And that you can slag them about later in life. Happy news from Aldi. We've topped the leaderboard at the National Parenting Product Awards with 22 wins, making us the most awarded retailer. There were goals for our organic Mamiya baby food range, Mamiya Ultra Dry Junior Plus Nappy Size 5 Plus, and Mamiya Premium Newborn Mini Size 2 Nappies voted the nation's best nappies by parents in Ireland. So, mum and dad, not using Mamiya nappies yet? Oof, could be time for a change. Aldi, every day amazing. But you came from, so there was six, there was six kids. There were six kids, yeah. But it was weird because there is an eight-year gap between me and my next sister. So they're of a very kind of different generation, the five of them. Then there was a big eight-year gap and then there was me. So in the 80s. Were you the last? I was among the youngest, yeah. Oh, wow. So you've got like five older, like, that's incredible. So when they were all living together and killing each other and fighting over clothes and all that kind of stuff, I was only a baby. Like, I remember being four and my sister was... I was her flower girl. She was getting married to my eldest sister. So when they, so we lived in a two and a half bedroom house in, in Baldoyle with one bathroom, eight of us in, in this tiny house. And then they all kind of left because of the recession of the 80s. And I was spoiled rotten. I like had my own room and like a walk-in wardrobe, which was the boys' box room. I had a totally <laughs> different childhood. So they lived in like poverty and had nothing. And I was, my sister started working for BA, so we got free flights around the globe. So I was, I think, the, one of the only people in the 80s who went abroad on their holidays and went to like Nairobi and <laughs> went to Paris and had a great time. So my siblings resent me a little bit. I was a little bit Isn't spoiled in the nicest possible way. Yeah. Only because they had such hardship because there were so many of them in the house at that particular time. And then they all left for America and London at 17 and 18 to get jobs. And then I was like, it's me guys. Peace and quiet. But I did miss them. Like, I mean, they all spoiled me. I was their little sister. I was, you know, they would come home and every Christmas for me was going up to Dublin airport on Christmas Eve and wait for them to come through those doors, you know. So, you know, I loved having the house full again, having people around. Is that what you think you crave now? Is that because you've, did you chase that when you were a kid? Yeah. Just like busy, busy people coming and going. I like like that. Yeah, so do I. Although sometimes I say I do and then someone else might say (laughs) you get overwhelmed with that. (laughs) But, you know, I I, I do, I I love that busy as well, yeah. but, so you had like like loads of siblings, but then would, may have spent a lot of time on your own. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, with that age gap, I mean they're all gone. Yeah. But it was it was nice. I mean, I was spoilt in the nicest possible way, not with things. But my mom, I think she was holding on to that 
probably similar to yourself with that child. Oh, I don't want her to grow up. I would have to do very little to get off school. Wow. So I didn't have to fake a temperature. I, all I would have to say to my mom was... I want uh, to rearrange my walk-in wardrobe. No. Uh, do you want to spend time together? Oh, stop it. I'd do, be do, do you want to go into town and get a cream bun and go into Cleary's and go on the bus and just spend quality time? And she'd be like, yes, that's exactly what I want to do. I was like, that's so lovely. <laughs> I know, we should maybe we'll advocate that, but that would that would get me. I feel like my kids need to stop pretending I have to say. they have a cough. I know, that's just, all I had to say. And But I, is that my gorgeous <laughs> memories that you have yeah. of you and your mom? Yeah, it is lovely. I have, I have <laughs> what a really traumatising memory of me and my mom, actually. It was when she started working, funny enough, says me, who works all the time. It, because she was at home so often. And yeah. then I remember she started working selling mobile phones when they first came out in the airport, funny enough. And then she got a job selling advertising spaces. And I have a memory. This is how much uh, I loved getting off school. She would take me round O'Connell Street doing door-to-door sales. I think I was probably ill one day and she'd had to take me to work with her. So I'd be going up and going in and out of shops doing door-to-door sales with my mom because she I was lovely. off school. So I have all these mad she memories. she a, cu- a cut of what she She was. didn't, absolutely. I'll get on to her about that. But I have these, yeah, I have these great memories that maybe my siblings don't have because it was too busy and there were so many of them. Yeah. But I felt like I had a, I had a little bit of the best of both worlds. Yeah. So I had, I have all these siblings, but I had a little bit of that only time child yeah. kind of time with my mom, which is great. And we're still very close. We're actually going to New York next week. Are you, you just guys going together? And I have to bring the children. Stipulation in the contract. But no, we are going uh, to see my family over there. And she's great because she she's big into the drama festival of Ireland. And she's, you know, she loves um, directing amateur plays. And that's a big thing. Oh, Mike, Myra Maguire is big on the amateur dramatic scene. Very big. And she's been doing it for years. And then she'll say to you, oh, I'm not going to do it anymore. And then she's like, oh, I have to, I have to do this play. It's just so amazing. And she been, she an, does she act in them? She used to, no, she likes to direct. Um, her electric picnic is the All-Ireland Drama Festival uh, down the country. And uh, that is her EP. You so know. your mum sounds unreal. She's awesome. She's awesome. So she wants to go to New York and, and go see a show and have an amazing time. And she'll just keep going. Do you go to her for advice, like yes. parenting advice? Yes, I do. Um, And it's funny because she's very like me in some ways, but unlike me, like she hates the limelight. She loves the drama and the directing, but all my days. I remember I was doing a program for RTE about getting married and the producer said to me, we would love you to have your mom and just a little sequence of you picking the wedding dress. I said, well, that's really nice because that's probably what we're going to do, whatever. So I went to her and I said, Myra... Ma'am, do you want to do this? You'll be on RTE. Come and pick the wedding dress. Lovely moment for us. And she said, tell them I'm dead. Oh, my gosh. So that's a no. I was like, well, maybe I'll just say you're not available. (laughs) (laughs) She, hey, she loves Dancing with the Stars. Would she come and sit in the audience? Not a chance. Are you serious? She said, I can't enjoy it. I just want to be in the sitting room and enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't like the line. That's good that you're different in that way though. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And is your mum, uh, she probably hates us talk. Let's pretend, are we allowed to talk about her? Ah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Would you, would you, do you get honest advice from your mum or does she, you know when you're looking for advice? She gives terrible advice. Does she? Oh my gosh. Do you she, listen? Do you take it on board? Well, no, because she told me to, because I met Lau because I set up a theatre company in Bristol. I didn't know this. Yeah, so I, I didn't. To, we, I feel, yes, go. I didn't have 
very good luck on the dating scene in Bristol. Mm-hmm. I kept meeting these arseholes. So mom was like, you know, you love drama, you love acting. This what this is how you know this is what we do when you're in Ireland. Why don't you set up a theatre company, get people together who want to do a play, put the bloody play on. You can do this because I ran a business over there. I could produce the shit out of this. Yeah, Easy peasy. The shit out of it. He walked in for an audition. I fell in love. Thought he was so hot. He made me laugh. I was like, Mom, I met, I met him. She was like, Don't you dare. Because you really want to do Judas Iscariot uh, play next. And he would be great as the lawyer in that. So don't ruin it by sleeping with him. So I didn't take her advice. And, you know, but that uh, worked, five but yeah. years later, um, we got married. <laughs> You're terrible at advice. She was like, prioritize your drama. <laughs> prioritize your hobbies over the man. But you know what? The thing is, you had her her support in that of saying, follow your dreams, yeah, yeah. which is lovely. And but you're still gonna follow do what the heart wants. Good. So yeah. you had a bit of you had a bit of both. Bit of both. But I love that you're able to have that that conversation. You don't have to take her advice, but you can have a chat about it and go, I love that she said, please don't say for them. Yeah. I please can, don't say going, Oh, he's so good. And if you do another play, you're gonna break it's gonna be awkward and you'll ruin it all. So have maybe you ever just been hold still. In one of her shows. I've done a few of hers, yeah, when I was about seventeen. 16, 17, 18, I've done a few of her plays. Actually, the first show I ever did with her was with Simon Delaney. Oh my goodness, I did not know this. So we, myself and my mom and Simon Delaney did a play around the country on the Drama Festival and me and Simon won an award for Best Moment in Theatre. What was the moment? It was a moment, uh, it was, we were in a prison, he was my brother and I go to see him and he's on death row and we hugged. I didn't have to get off with him. Don't worry. It was a hug. It was a brotherly, sisterly hug. And that's, yeah. That's but you see, like, you know, I know you, you say that you're a broadcaster. That's what you're always calling yourself, isn't it? A always. Broadcaster. Flat always out calling myself a broadcaster. But you're, you are an actor, an actress. Because well, you, it, I, I always say actress and then people, I never know what to say. An, an, an actor, you've, you've written your own show. You've mm. done all that. You know, you, you have so much different, you know, life experience from all that stuff having your own business, you've just opened your own salon with your friend. Like, that's really impressive. Like, I feel like you've got, you're going to have good livestock advice for your kids. I don't know. I just keep telling her when she says she wants to be uh, an actor, I just keep telling her, don't do it. Sorry, is your kid want to be an actor? Yeah. Oh, God, no. If they ask me to do that, I'd be like, please no. <laughs> please no. And Leo's like, that is so unfair. You cannot do that. I'm like, but it is, now is very different. Yeah. I mean, as you know, Amy, years ago, you'd yeah. go to drama school, you'd audition, you'd do yourself. Now there's kind of an element of, well, how many followers does that actor have compared to that actor? Yeah. And it's it's a murky world now, unless you can create your own stuff. So, Well, wh- fine as an adult, and it's an each yeah. of their own, because there's loads of kid actors out there but I do agree that the extra pressure of an online stuff is a lot for a kid it is a lot for me she probably would be fine and be able to you know if that's what she really wants to do I just need to come to terms with whatever they want to do being supportive because you know it's not easy and to be in that world as you know you have to be really good at people saying no to you because there's and that's what they don't tell you that it's like oh she's amazing and she gets sitting there but no but you know you have to go through like 10 million no's to to get to that but I think if you're honest about the process that's what I always say because like the truth of it is is that there's so much no and there's so much stuff that doesn't quite work or there's so much stuff that you kind of like feel exposed for that you're going oh but that does give you a lot of resilience and a lot of gratitude when the stuff does work or you do get something I suppose saying yes to opportunity is my default and probably what's got me to, you know, do things that are like open a salon, do all these different things. Because I say yes 
because my I see an opportunity and like I'd figure out the details after. I do that a lot and I love <laughs> it and I don't know how to change it because every time I go, I have, there's too much <laughs> and I pull back and like you as well, like I, you know, a lot of the, my work I can fit around being at home yeah, um, and kind of coming and going a little bit yeah. or if it's a, there's busy periods and I'll pull back and be at home. But I, it, it's, that's great in ways because it's exciting and there's all the new stuff, but that is also a lot I think sometimes take on board when you've got a busy family life. But it, it just is. And sometimes it works and it's easy. But then, you know, but I don't know. There's an excitement in that. It's great. Like, it's kind of, it's it's, you it's have very to encouraging for your, yeah, you do. Like, and things you, do change. You have to evolve. And there's different things. Like, opening the salon, for example. People are like, why? Like, Lev's like. Tell us about the salon so you can tell our listeners about the salon. Okay, it's called Hair People. But really quickly. Leo went away for six weeks. He was on a job in Italy. He came home and I became an investor in a salon. <laughs> did he Did he know? No. <laughs> we were having dinner and he was like, any news? Yes. I was like, uh, well, I own a salon now. It all happened very quickly and uh, Bernadette, my friend and, and hairstylist, came to me. She was going out on her own and I stupidly said to her, I said, if you're going out on your own, come and talk to me because I'm looking to get into business yeah. again. Six weeks later, she was at my door with a business plan I couldn't say no to. Oh. And uh, I was like, oh. And I just, it just all made sense. We're coming uh, to it at a sustainable angle as well. She's amazing. I like her ethos. She's an unusual fish in a sense that she's an amazing stylist and very creative, but she's so good at management and, yeah, and dealing with people. And she wants to really push other people forward in their career. So it was something that I thought, this is an opportunity I don't want to miss out on. I'll figure out the details later. But it will. You will. Well, it feels good. And yeah. that, that's going back to going on your gut. You know, yeah. my gut was screaming at me, this is a good thing. And my head and everything was going, oh, you know, is this another stressful thing? Is this going to take time away? And you figure out the details. And once your gut and you, you're excited about it, I think it becomes easier. You know? You're probably somebody as well on the flip side who still would look to that even though it doesn't. It brings its own problems of logistics but you have that in you. I think it, you are going to gravitate towards it if you didn't have... I think so. Yeah, you, you're, you're... I think so. I know. I, <laughs> this just, is just, I love it. I know. That's the thing. There you go. I do. And nothing, not everything is that's really great in your life also has to be easy and it's, that's just not like how, no. how it works. And it was such a proud moment. Not even the launch or getting off the ground was taking Florence uh, into the salon going... You look what me and B did, you know. That's incredible. And and she knows that. Yeah. She still thinks Lau has a cooler job. So I'm really trying to win her over on that. What else are you going to have to do? I don't know. You're going to be exhausted. I mean, what else do you have to do? On that, so your husband is a stunt coordinator? Yeah. Yeah. So... uh, that is quite funny because you are talking about your kid slipping in his socks and breaking his front teeth. Like at, when you're at home, you're like, Lau, get off the curtain ro- rail. Like, do you have to like manage like a, like toddlers and young kids and then a husband who wants to walk on ceilings? Yeah. See, the thing the thing about Lau, he's very careful. I mean, that's the job. He has to prevent all that stuff. So that's yeah, so why is he's... He, a, is he better at being yeah. the... So in a playground, well, I'm like, ah, oh, she can just climb up that. She's a good climber. Lau's like, you have to spot them. <laughs> You have to spot your children. You have to stand on them in case they fall. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So he's very good at the whole safety precautions. So you had a video years ago where he, like, you had recorded, was it your daughter on the scooter? And he caught, he caught her. But yeah. So that's amazing. Also that you were filming that. Was that, was, did you have to set up that stunt? <laughs> so we found a scooter in a park. <laughs> and she was three. And she started going down this hill in Marley Park. And we were new parents. 
Um, hence why she doesn't have a helmet on her and she's three and downhill and is ideal she's going downhill and she started to pick up speed and now kind of clocked this was not going to end well and ran after her and lifted her out of it before she smashed her head and, and she's doing great now she's really good she didn't hurt herself but no she wants to be a stunt woman like daddy because it's way cooler you know because it's all adventure and cool and flinging yourself off stuff and she gets to do climbing and karate and all that kind of stuff yeah but she will do, you, do they see you on TV? Do they watch you on TV or, li- or listen to Dancing you? Dancing on the stars, they like to call it. Yeah. <laughs> and they um, they hear me on the radio sometimes. Yeah. My uh, kids were very excited that I was coming in to chat to you. They are obsessed with Dancing with the Stars. They absolutely love it. It's crazy that kids are so oh obsessed my gosh. with it. They love it. But I love it. Actually, do you know what's so lovely about it is that sometimes you can forget. I forget that those TV shows exist and they're really good to watch with the family. Because, yeah. you know, you, like we all kind of get into the habit of going, they watch their show on Netflix. You know, the... I guess the stuff that we watched as well, but it was on terrestrial TV, where you don't, where you're not accessing that stuff as a family. And I, that's such a great show to watch together. And they do all the dances, then it's really cute. I know it's lovely, and they do love it. They they love that, and that's what I love about dancing. I mean, it's live. It's something that brings everybody together. You know, you don't get that on, no, you don't. on Netflix and you stuff. Don't. And you can watch it. You know, you can watch it with your granny. You can watch it with anybody. Like, it's a real feel-good show. Yeah. And it's nice and sparkly and gets you through the winter because, you know, January, February, March can be quite difficult months. So it's nice to have that bit of glitz. 100%. What would Jennifer now tell new mum when you had your kids? What do you look back and go, oh, honey, oh, come here. Give oh, yourself a break. Don't go back to work so soon. Really? Was that what? Yeah. Oh, my I feel days. Like I say that to myself as well. Yeah. Just take the time. Take the time. You know, you don't have to ask your radio co-host to watch your breasts in case they start leaking in your radio show. You know, I was breastfeeding. I was like, if these start to leak, you tell me. I'll You're change also on radio. Oh, no, you probably have to film it. Like, yeah, but <laughs> still, you don't have leaky boobs in the studio. No, no. Um, I just went back too soon. I've just felt like I had to do, I had to do that and show that I could do that. It was a new radio show. And... You know, it's it was it was just really tricky. Luckily, Lau uh, could stay at home, and it was only a few hours in the morning. But I missed that time. Mm-hmm. I, I missed out on that time with her as a really uh, you know as a newborn. Then I was filming Bridget Naiman as well, and then I was gone. Oh, so you were so busy. I was so busy around the time. But you know when these things happen, and, yeah. and these are opportunities that are never going to come again. But I would, and that's why now, you know, after that happened. I probably had a bit of a nervous breakdown. <laughs> that after that, I'm so good at saying no to things. Well, it was a good thing that you I'm felt so that. good. What was that around after babies? I know you had spoken before about when you turned, when you had a big yeah. birthday. Would, would did that all collide at the same time for yeah, you? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think it was all, all a bit of a reality check. And now I'm so good at saying no. Thank God, and it's taught me that. But if I was to look back and say to me as a new mom, I'd just say slow down. Mm. Like you said you know, take in this moment, don't go back to work too soon. And it's awful because I think there's a thing here where I see and I feel and I've experienced that new ones kind of get, they get punished when they go on maternity leave and they go back to work and they're like, um, sorry, where's my desk? Yeah. Sorry, where's that yeah. You know, and it's all, I think we need to be really conscious yes, of that. Yes, yes, People coming back into a work environment who've gone off on maternity have probably just left their kid ball and crying in a crash to come into work and not be welcomed properly. I mean, that is a culture that we really need to work on and not feel pressure to go back because of fear of our jobs being lost. Or, or that you have to put out this narrative and it's great if it works for some people, but... You know, especially as we say, when you're overtired and you are 
genuinely when you're hormonal and you're you've had this huge identity shift that you it, it's, it's this outward perception that you can't you can you're you know wonder woman and it's not affecting you where I I, I did I was like going I have to prove that I'm not going to be any different that I'm not going to be any different and actually when I had my third I was like I'm not doing that again and then the fucking cl- schools closed and I had to become a teacher oh no no but I actually said no I was like I was very protective of that time that's why my kids will not get an education I was like I'm not teaching anyone I'm you know and poor Brian had to do it but I was I was just like I, I'm i not going to try and be do the superhero I'm no. not going to do it no and that narrative I think it's, it's slowly shifting I think we're yeah. all getting a bit better at that yeah. but we need to keep talking about it because it's it's unfair I mean I remember going in and having anti classes and the midwife was like you halted this to yourself you're going back to work too early you have literally fucked yourselves because you want to do it all and then you can't breastfeed because you're so stressed out and you're getting out of the hospital bed six hours after you had the child and you're you chill out she was mm-hmm. saying you know and I think we do we just need to slow down a little bit and enjoy that time are you better then if an opportunity comes along that you're like I know I'm going to walk away from it and I'm I am okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel absolutely. That the older I get as well. Really quick questions. How much kip? How much kip? Are you obsessed with kip? I'm obsessed with it. How much kip do you get? Oh my god. Not I'm not enough. getting enough. Yeah, I'm, not. I'm the same. But sometimes I try and prioritize it and it's, I have a young fella that gets into bed at three o'clock in the morning. It's really annoying. I didn't let the young one do it, but I let him do it because he's so cuddly. <laughs> That's the thing as well. This is the pressure I think you look when we go, I, everyone said don't let them in. But then you want to, but they're so cute and they're not going to want to do that forever. Exactly. We're going to be the creeps getting in going, would you like a hug? <laughs> at three in the morning, they'd be like, get out of my life. I don't even live at home anymore. <laughs> Who let you in? <laughs> um, are you organized? Are you an organized person? Super organized. Are you? Yeah, military operation. Yeah, I'm actually better when Lau's away if he's on a job because I, I, I have to be. So I make a lot of notes. I'm super organized. Everything's organized in the morning. And it really annoys me if I don't have things in place because anything that can go wrong will just mess it up. Yeah, yeah I'm, su- I'm super organized. Yeah, I'm not naturally organized, <laughs> but I've had to become organized and I'm obsessed with lists. Lists. Are you? Obsessively writing lists. Um, okay, so what is, what's what's your favorite part of being a mum? Best bit? Um, they make me laugh like no one else. I love that. And what's the most, what's the hardest bit? Threadworn. <laughs> The torch. Oh, no, I'm not even going to... No, I can't even... Um, and that's it. Just, who's your favourite kid? I'm only joking. Uh, you don't have to... No. <laughs> Jen, thank you so thank much you. for coming on. And everybody... The name of your new salon? Hair People. Hair People. It's on Adelaide we're, we're Road. Rival, we're rivals now. Oh, no, they're far enough away. Oh, they're ages away. They're Although, ages remember away. you used to say online that, or on, on the radio that I used to come by and like fling like bags of dog... Dog poo. Yeah, I saw you do that. Ages. I saw you COVID do that. COVID changed everything. You've changed. <laughs> I just not even my dog. I'm not going to bother picking up another dog's <laughs> If anyone doesn't know that story, they'll be like, what are they on about? Jennifer used to just spread r- rumours that were true, that I used to just get dogs of... Dogs, no, bags of dog bags poo and fling, dog them, poo and fling them out. Where did even start? It, because people were like, oh, Amy, she's so great. And I was like, well, <laughs> well, actually, she lives around Ranala and I've seen her yes. uh, fling bags of dog poo at children <laughs> and <laughs> random businesses. Uh, and that actually happened. I've seen that. I have video footage, maybe somewhere. I'll have to look for it. Sorry, yeah. And I just, I just, I'm just going to, you better lawyer up. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer, thank you so thank much. Thank you. 
Thank you so much to Jennifer for taking the time to chat with us. I absolutely loved that. Please like, subscribe and tell your friends about the podcast and you can get in touch or find out more at aldi.ie forward slash Mamiya. And actually, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to say thank you so much to all the parents who've bought the book for their kids the day I got trapped in my brain. It is at number one in children's fiction for the fourth week and I'm very grateful and thank you so much. And uh, yes, and I, I've enjoyed uh, your messages about... Yeah, your feedback about you reading it and your kids reading it. So thank you so much. Bye. Happy news from Aldi. We've topped the leaderboard at the National Parenting Product Awards with 22 wins, making us the most awarded retailer. There were goals for our organic Mamiya baby food range, Mamiya Ultra Dry Junior Plus Nappy Size 5 Plus, and Mamiya Premium Newborn Mini Size 2 Nappies voted the nation's best nappies by parents in Ireland. So, mum and dad, not using Mamiya nappies yet? Oof, could be time for a change. Aldi, every day amazing.